Hello, hello, and welcome back to Art House Garage, the snob-free film podcast where we make art house indie, classic, and foreign cinema accessible to the masses. I'm your host, Andrew Sweatman, and on this episode, we're continuing our look at queer cinema for Pride Month. I'm joined by filmmaker Evelyn Landau for a discussion about the Netflix documentary, Disclosure, which is about the history of trans representation in movies and TV. In addition to that, since this episode is dropping just after Father's Day, I'll give my review of a new drama starring Kevin Hart called Fatherhood, which is also streaming on Netflix. Stick around. Excuse me. She's been like crying for hours. Sorry, but this is a group for new mothers. On that sign out there, it says parents. I'm a parent and I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I need help. I don't know how you're going to do this. Mm-mm-mm. If you could have only one parent, I wish you could have had your mom. Because she would have been better at it. And mommy was the best. Go to sleep, Maddie. Maddie, go to sleep. Maddie, go to sleep. Go to sleep, Maddie. It's not working, though. That's She's not a clapper. Matthew, darling, we think you should move back to Minnesota. You're all alone here. She needs family. Raising a child is a non-stop, all-day, all-night affair. I look. You look great. Don't say it just to be saying it. You look like a king. King and a slave. That was a bit of the trailer for the new film Fatherhood, starring Kevin Hart, Alfre Woodard, and Lil Ray Howery. It's a drama about a new father named Matt who finds himself alone when his wife Liz suddenly dies shortly after giving birth to their first child. The story follows Matt as he learns to care for his new baby, handle life as a widower, deal with his in-laws, and balance life and work. The film hit Netflix just in time for Father's Day. My big question going into this film was, can Kevin Hart do drama? He's done more serious roles a few times before, but this was my first time seeing him outside of his usual joke-a-minute comedic persona. So, can he do drama? Yeah, pretty much. He's good here. and There's enough natural comedy in the life of a parent that there are several laughs, though the film largely has a pretty serious tone. In fact, the best moments in this film are the comedic ones. Matt's best friend, Jordan, is played by Lil Ray Howery. Lil Ray Howery has got to be one of the most likable comedic actors working today. Everything I've seen him in, he's just incredibly charming. We first meet Jordan just after Liz's funeral, and he's around for a lot of Matt's big parenting moments. Their scenes are almost always funny. That's sadly not the case for scenes with their other friend, Oscar, played by Anthony Kerrigan. I've seen Kerrigan on the HBO series Barry, and he's really strong there. He's very funny. That's not the case here. Almost all of his jokes fall flat, and it really feels like he was miscast. I'm focusing so much on the comedy because the drama in this film is not its strong suit. About 80% of the film is drama. The parenting scenes are incredibly predictable. He struggles with diapers. He struggles with doing hair. He struggles folding up the stroller. Basically, every story beat you would expect from a movie like this is here. The one dramatic storyline that is somewhat unique and compelling is Matt's relationship with his mother-in-law, Marion, played by Alfre Woodard. He's not sure if he'll make an adequate father figure, and she's not sure of that either. She asks him repeatedly to quit his job and move closer to family. Their back and forth is pretty interesting in the film's first half. That ends up leading to the film's main climactic drama at the end, and sadly, it doesn't work at all. The situation feels completely manufactured. Some of the decisions characters make feel very out of character and just unbelievable. That said, the performances from Kevin Hart, from Lil Ray Howery, from Alfre Woodard are mostly really good, and there's enough laughs to get you by. So yes, this film is predictable and overly sentimental and cheesy. The dialogue is hammy. It's filled with platitudes, but it is really damn sweet. If you're in the mood for something easy and heartwarming, you could do worse. But if you're looking for a really good movie about fatherhood, I'd actually recommend something else. Some of my favorite movies about being a dad, I really like Dan in Real Life. uh, Or I also really like the scenes about fatherhood in the movie Boyhood. 
If you're looking for a really good dad movie, maybe watch one of those instead. Fatherhood is now streaming on Netflix. How does it look? I think it's a new look. I think it's a new hairstyle that can catch on if given a chance. Mr. Logan, Madeline doesn't have a mother to model after. I am well aware of what my daughter doesn't have. You think you can do this, but you can't. No, man, you're right. I can't do it. But you know what? I'm going to do it because I'm a father. God, Maddie. You Thank God today I got there in time to hold her hand. Well, Liz, so I didn't get to hold her hand. She was gone. And you. It's always just us. Other people have more people. I just want to do what your mom would have wanted me to do. You are trying to make everything perfect. <laughs> but we don't have any control. Wherever you are, I want to go there. Wherever you are, I want to go there, too. <sighs> Somebody's cutting onions or something close to us or something. I don't know. Hey, y'all got to stop it. Oh. She would be so proud of you. <laughs> Two kisses. One for mommy. One for me. It's Pride Month, and we're dedicating our June episodes to queer cinema. Listen to the previous episode for a great discussion with Rance Collins of the 1961 film The Children's Hour. But today we're changing gears and looking at a modern film and one focused on trans people. The film is called Disclosure, and it's an award-winning documentary all about the history of trans representation in movies and TV. The film features interviews with dozens of trans filmmakers, actors, and historians. There are good and bad examples of representation, discussions of how much things have changed, and personal stories of trans experiences. It's fascinating and I think probably very educational for most people. And it's streaming now on Netflix. Today on the show, I'm joined by a filmmaker named Evelyn Landau. Evelyn is a filmmaker and musician out of Chicago, and she's trans. In fact, Evelyn has documented some of her experiences around gender on film. We'll talk about some of her film projects before we get into our discussion of disclosure. Evelyn, welcome to the podcast. How are you today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. I'm so glad you're on. Uh, so we met through a mutual friend, Connor Smith, and um, we I had him on for First Cow a few months ago. And basically, I'd sent him a list of movies that, you know, pick one from the list if you want to talk about one of these or suggest your own. And uh, he picked First Cow, but he saw Disclosure was on the list and was like, I don't think I'd be the right person, but I know someone who might want to and uh, connected us and and. So it's been in the works for a few months. I'm finally I'm glad it's finally happening. So uh, yeah, I'm glad you're here. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. Yeah, it's funny that this filmmaker community is like small, but there's a lot of different people doing a lot of different things and we yeah. all know each other. Yeah, it, it is really interesting. So, And you're up in Chicago. Uh, Connor is from Arkansas. And so that's how I met him. Um, yeah, so it's an interesting, uh, interesting connection, but I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm glad to have met you and we've, we've been able to email back and forth and um yeah, and, and I'm, I'm, I've become a fan of your work, too. So not only are you a musician, uh, I've listened to a lot of your music, but then I've seen one of your short films, uh, which is called Cautious Birth. Um, tell us about that. Uh, and then also you have a feature coming up, hopefully in the next few years. What's what's going on there? Yeah, well, thanks for asking. So basically, I started uh, my thesis film is Cautious Birth, and that was my thesis in college. I was going to be a chemistry major, mm-hmm. realized that film was my passion about halfway through. Uh, and made the easy choice to start taking film classes instead of doing chemistry labs all day. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, and around that time when I started learning about like the process of filmmaking, I also started to learn about gender, about my own gender, mm. and those two kind of coincided. And um, the film is about me coming out as trans, but the thing that actually happened was that I came out to myself during the like recording process of the film. Wow. Um, cut that part on tape, and and that's like the cornerstone of the of the film. Um, yeah. And so I felt like that was pretty special and and I kind of had a self-confidence in it that I hadn't had in my earlier work that was just kind of like trying to be like a movie, trying to be Mm -hmm. cool. Mm -hmm. Uh, this is more personal and that's kind of the vein that I've been working in since then. Um, and so this next film that's coming out, hopefully, yeah, like you said, in in the next couple of years is called Vacation and it's about, um, my transition and, and, and about 
my trans experience, but also about um, a mental health crisis that happened at, near the end of college. So basically right mm -hmm. after that first film came out, um, where I was feeling this wonderful sense of euphoria about being trans and about the trans experience and about embracing this part of myself. Mm -hmm. And then I kind of was hit with the reality of what that would be like and, and mm -hmm. the sort mm -hmm. of um, the ways in which the world would be different for me now mm -hmm. with that knowledge. Um, and so this film is a, a little bit um, more serious, um, darker side of things, but still about the love that I have for myself, that I have for the people around me, that, the, that my community has had for me um, to kind of bring me through that first bumpy road into being a more authentic version of myself. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That sounds, that sounds fascinating. Uh, so cautious birth is of course the, the one I've seen and it's, uh, it is deeply personal. It's, it's really, um, it feels brave. I think it's even as you're watching it that, yeah, I don't know, I kind of get goosebumps like, Oh my goodness, this is, uh, you know, the, a really, a really intense kind of thing. Um, uh, it's, it's really well-made and I really, um, yeah, I'm just glad I've seen it and I hope more people are able to see it. Uh, and I'm excited yeah. about uh, this next one. Yeah. Thank you. The, and that just to plug it a little bit, uh, it's on YouTube. If you just search, um, cautious birth, Evelyn Landau details is the name of the band that I released it under. Um, it should show up on YouTube and, um, yeah, it's just like seven minutes long. It's a quick, it's a quick watch, but I think it's an important, uh, it's an important thing to see because there's not a lot of stuff like it exact exactly like it out yeah. there. Yeah, that's kind of what I was struck by. Is uh, first of all, I'll link it in the show notes um, because uh, oh cool. Yeah, I'll, so it'll hopefully be easy to easy to find there. But yeah, I think there there's a lot of things. I mean, like the film we're going to talk about today, disclosure, looking at the sort of trans um, yeah representation and some some experiences on film. But I don't know in your film cautious birth it's you know looking at like kind of the moment that it, that it all begins and that that feels pretty unique and um and i think even for people who you know feel like they have more to learn about gender which i mean i feel like i have more to learn about gender too but um i think it is it can be a learning tool in that way too um so yes i highly encourage people to to check that out thank you cool yeah. Well, I guess without further ado, let's talk about disclosure. I can't even tell you how many times I've been in public space, particularly early in my transition, when I would walk into a subway car and people would just burst into laughter. And I think people are to have been trained to have that reaction. According to a study from GLAD, 80% of Americans don't actually personally know someone who is transgender. So most of the information that Americans get about who transgender people are, what our lives are and are about, comes from the media. We've been around since there was uh, footage. You just have to look for us. Can we all just talk about D.W. Griffith for a minute? Not only is he incredibly racist, but he turned gender non-conforming people into the joke. So it's like you can't have like queer trans people and blackness in the same space at the same time. So what's it say about my queer trans black ass? They've died so many times they can't even count on camera. I've been a prostitute, prostitute one, prostitute two, call girl hooker. You know? The crying game created a ripple effect. You are a trans person who existed, made people physically ill was the way in which my favorite movie as a child ended. There are lots of ugly things about our history, but I think we have to know them. I have been beaten. I have been thrown in jail for gay liberation. And you all treat me this way? There is a one-word solution to almost all the problems in trans media. We just need more. And that way, the occasional clumsy representation wouldn't matter as much because it wouldn't be all that there is. You see a fierceness that's coming up now. That's because we ain't got nothing to lose. These are my sisters up here, but the struggle is real. The ways in which trans people have been represented have suggested that we're mentally ill, that we don't exist. And yet here we are, and we've always been here.
All right, let's talk about Disclosure. So this is a documentary on Netflix. Uh, it's all about trans representation. Uh, one of the surprising things for me was just how far back into film history it goes. It looks at some of the really, the very early examples of the way things were gendered on film way back in the early 20th century. And it goes through lots of examples all the way up to today. Uh, it just came out last year, so it's it's, it's very current. Uh, there are interviews with dozens of trans people, at filmmakers and actors uh, and historians um, kind of discussing all these things. And it ends up being just a really broad look, not only at, at trans representation, but trans experiences. Um, and because those two things are often linked, as the film kind of demonstrates. Um, but I thought it was really a strong film. Uh, I wanted to first get kind of your general impressions, Evelyn. Do you think this documentary does a good job tackling the, the subject matter? Yeah, it definitely does. Um, there's so many more films that could be made in this vein, though. Mm -hmm. Like, that, that's what it struck me about it, was that it's, it's very clean. It's very, um, for lack of a better word, it's a very, like, sanitary version mm -hmm. yeah. of like what it could be mm -hmm. and i think and that's not a dig like i think it's a wonderfully made important movie for everybody to see but like it felt like i didn't have an impression of it i don't even remember it that well i've now seen it twice i've seen mm -hmm. it once very recently but i don't remember large parts of it just because it feels so authentic to me and so mm -hmm. so much like what i already experienced and what i already feel um about trans representation in the media that it almost doesn't leave an impression with me other than other than that it was true yeah um yeah, that's what you mean. and and that there could be so much more i guess i don't mm -hmm. know how else to say it yeah no i, I know what you mean and, and i definitely felt like i always love film history stuff like man i wish i could see a whole movie or read a whole book just about and i'm sure this book is out there just about these kinds of things you know in early film and um but yeah i see what you mean it's kind of um it's easy in a way like it, it's kind of easy breezy which you might not expect because it's kind of heavy in in, <laughs> uh, in some places but um yes yeah. i was gonna say that actually that the, the on netflix it says something like uplifting in one of the hashtags <laughs> of like how you can find it and i was like is it though yeah. like yeah the tone is definitely even and like and like palatable but like mm -hmm. what they're talking about is pretty horrific and like in yeah. many parts yeah um which i thought was also an interesting tone to strike i mean i think that makes it more watchable for people who who don't want like an issue film they just want like an uh educational film yeah mm -hmm. um and i think that there's definitely a place for that in our like discourse yeah yeah it, it, that that's a good point it almost could be more at home in like a classroom than um i don't know like a hard-hitting you know kind of documentary festival or something like that you know um, absolutely i mean yeah. i think it both places would be great for it and i know that if i saw this in high school things would have been different for me mm -hmm. earlier yeah. you know like seeing this kind of representation like meta representation representation about representation mm -hmm. is really eye-opening i think in a in a personal way as well as in like a broader educational sense yeah yeah that's a good i think that's a that's a good way to say that. Um, I I was surprised by just how many guests there were. Like I think it's a lot of the fun for me, or fun, maybe not the right word. A lot of the things I liked about this was hearing from so many different trans filmmakers. And like I, I think of the yeah, literally dozens of people interviewed, I was previously aware of maybe five or six of them. Um, mm. So it was a, a very educational for me, and I've seen it twice as well now. Um, and, and I feel like the second time I could kind of key into some of the. Um, the key points a little bit better but um i really like too the uh, very early on i think laverne cox says it that uh trans people develop a a keen sense of whether they're being you know laughing with or laughing at uh whether a show is laughing with trans people or laughing at trans people uh and i think that's a key thing that um you know it, throughout the history that we see there's examples of both and, and it is um Sometimes it might not be obvious to a cis person, but there's a difference and the difference matters. And I think that's a, that's one interesting aspect of this. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that recognition starts in movies like this and eventually it will be as commonplace as other forms of discrimination hmm. in media like are in retrospect. Like we yeah. can point out, we can point out other things more readily than we can transrepresentation. Like yeah. hmm. I saw something in the office recently and I was like, Oh, I know the office isn't like, great <laughs> but <laughs> right. i don't remember there being jokes like that and, mm. and about trans people specifically and, and it was like it was a moment of of recognition for me just knowing that 
my eye is going to be more discerning hmm. at this point than other people's. But with yeah. effort like this applied, like people will start to see the difference themselves yeah. Yeah. and not have to point it out to them. Absolutely. I think that's true. Uh, you know, speaking as a cis person that, um, I, I've become much more aware of the things that I'm watching. Like, uh, they, they show a clip even from, um, I, I think about like sitcoms from nineties and early two thousands for, I, I always used to watch how much your mother when it was on, I really liked that show. They show a clip from that and, and kind of revisiting some of that recently realizing, yeah, not only the transphobia is there, uh, a lot of fat phobia and body shaming stuff. Like it's interesting. It's not that old of a show, but I think you're right. right. I think it's only going to get better and better. And look at what yeah. you mentioned about other discrimination. Like we, as a culture, are are pretty good now. I think at rep- uh, recognizing when something's a harmful uh, representation of a gay person. Or I mean, like we know that blackface is a problem as 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 a right. society now. And that just doesn't fly. And yet, with trans representation, it's uh, the awareness is not quite there yet. But I think I think it is coming. And I think that's that's an interesting thing to look at too. Yeah, I just saw something today. Um, uh, Riz Ahmed just gave a, a, a speech mm. recently on YouTube. It's it's a beautiful speech about Islamophobia and about mm. um, that issue. And he was saying that like we will see like those sorts of stereotypes, be, like the terrorist stereotype or something you know as harmful mm. and as blatant as that um, is present in current media right now, and it will be seen at some point with the same lens as like minstrelsy is what he says. Mm. And I thought that that was to the point that you just made, but, but just Mm. in in another context, I mean, it's, it's a multi-pronged thing. It's not just with trans people. And it's not just with specifically maybe white trans people wanting the same rights as like white gay people. Like there's, Mm -hmm. there's like, there's a, there's a liberal way to apply this information where it's like, well, eventually it'll get better. And then we'll be able to focus on other things. And it's like, no, it's, it's all part of the same struggle for representation, accurate representation, um, loving representation, caring representation um, in all forms. Yeah. Yeah. Jen Richards in the, in the documentary makes a, a point somewhat similar, or at least along the same lines, uh, maybe kind of tangential to that, but it's uh, just about like, if there was more, if we had more and more and more um, then we would be able, I think we'd be able to recognize problematic ones quicker uh, as as a as a whole like as a society uh, but then it wouldn't be quite such a big deal if there was you know someone messed it up so to speak because there's just uh, a higher quantity but it's right now it's so few and far between that this, the stakes are higher yeah mm-hmm, yeah exactly uh, well yeah so it goes through lots of different films and tv again going way back in history to to all the way up to to now uh any of the things that they showed clips from were you like a particular fan of before the documentary showed yeah um i mean a few actually uh silence of the lambs was one of my favorite movies in college Mm -hmm. um the thing they do where they look straight to camera i mean it's such an it's such a simple thing but like Mm. Oof! It really got me, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like in my soul. Um, and then also, uh, M. Butterfly was a big one for mm-hmm. me. I think I did, I saw it before I knew I was trans. And I saw it before I knew a lot about gender for myself and in general. And it awoke something in me. Like it definitely stirred mm. something in me to see, because I guess the, the quote unquote the twist is that the woman in love interest in the story is actually a man yeah. in disguise, mm-hmm. uh, a spy. And I didn't see the twist coming, which, uh, you know, okay, that's that's my experience. But, like, that sort of – neither does the main character. And the main character has this, has this outsized reaction to that, um, not of wanting to harm that person, mm-hmm. but instead of feeling something turning in himself um, – and I, I don't think that the film necessarily does a, a good or bad job of, mm. of, of whatever that is. But like, um, you know, it, it was important yeah. to me. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. Uh, as far as I have not seen in butterfly, but, um, of the, among, I think the first like, um, trans character that I really like became really aware of i think was actually orange is the new black with liver and cox uh mm-hmm. like I, i'd seen things before that that play with gender and stuff but um 
the first time that I really kind of keyed into like, okay, this is a trans person playing a trans person. And, uh, and I think that was a lot of people's experience, you know, Lover and Cox kind of blew up after that. Um, but that was one for me that was, um, an early one for me, but then, um, Jen Richards is in a show called Mrs. Fletcher. And I watched that re- recently. It didn't, I don't think they really talk about that in the, in the film, but they show a couple clips of her in it. Uh, and she's really great in that. Um, uh, they talk about To Kill a Mockingbird, which that's a, a favorite of mine and uh just kind of looking at you know scout as tomboy and and uh, one of the interesting things is like a lot of the the people interviewed talk about seeing you know people in drag or or something early on in their lives and like having some sort of a connection to it maybe um yeah or just a- awakening something maybe it is the way you said or mm-hmm. um just identifying with it in a way, even at a really young age, Laverne Cox talks about that. And then you know, many of the, the actors talk about that as well. Um, so yeah, I was going to ask you kind of, was there anything, and I okayed this question with Evelyn before we recorded, by the way, listeners, let it be known, let it be known. <laughs> yes. Uh, this might be something to just, uh, root to just spring on someone, but, but was there anything for you growing up? You mentioned in butterfly. Was there anything else that um, you found like meaningful or identified with in a way uh, before transitioning? Yeah, so I was thinking about this question, uh, and I mean, I don't have the the like traditional trans kids yeah. story of being like I always knew, and mm-hmm. and like I, whenever I saw someone in in a character, I would I would identify with that character. But like, I was thinking there's kind of a, a weird example is uh, growing up like grade school. Uh, Code Lyoko, are you familiar with this no. program? Mm-mm. It's a TV show. It's an anime TV show, kids TV show. And the most of the TV show is in 2D animation. And then the fight scenes are on 3D animation. Hmm. And I'll tell you, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> something something about that. Something about bodies. Something about hmm. fungibility of reality. Um, that popped up while I was thinking about this question. Um, but in like a more concrete or tang- uh, tangible sense, like uh, I remember seeing Gone Girl in college. Mm-hmm. Sometimes those examples of um, media where the gender binary is heightened actually does the same thing as when it's mm. being um, obscured or when it's being played with. Mm. Like the I, I like saw Gone Girl and I like got it. I was like, oh, that woman is a bad person, <laughs> <laughs> and she is not nice to men. And I was like, I get that. Something about that I really get. And and at the time I didn't have words for it. But uh looking yeah, back I'm like, oh, she's just a hero to me. Like I wow. really like her. So something um, about like the feminine energy like idolizing that in a way. So is that sort of like Yes. Mm. Yes, the feminine energy that breaks out of the mold of what's acceptable for women mm, to be wow. like like strong um, women. Interesting. Wow. Yeah, and strong women and, and it also being like strong and and evil. <laughs> like <laughs> like that her being the bad guy and the good guy at the same time, you mm. know, um broke some boundaries for me. I don't know what exactly, but yeah, so that that's what comes to mind. Those those odd examples. Hmm, that's really interesting. Wow. Can I ask a, a this this might not work and you can cut this out if this doesn't sure. work. But um were there movies or TV shows for you growing up that were like, oh, I'm cis? Like, oh, I really identify with men? <laughs> with being question. a man? Well, that, I don't have like a great answer for that, but somewhat related is, um, so I'm actually in a film club that we like, we watch a movie and, and uh, do a Zoom call every week. And this last week, I'd seen this movie once before, and it's a movie they talk about in Disclosure, and it's Paris is Burning. And, oh, yeah. Um, uh, I watched it for the first time last year and then watched it again last week. And um, it's a it's a really fascinating movie. So for anyone who hasn't seen it, it's about um, like the ball culture. Uh, it's largely I mean, it's all gay and trans people, um, mostly people of color in New York in the 1980s. Uh, and it's like this just really strong subculture that I knew nothing about. Uh, now it's become pretty influential, like um everyone's ripped it off you like madonna got made vogue that directly lifted from their culture and um it, it's just this really beautiful story of of people finding joy amidst uh just i mean all the hard things they're going through and the film doesn't shy away from those either so it's a really i think it's a really powerful film in disclosure they they even show you know there's sort of a dark there i think there's a film called paris is burning the dark side and a lot of the people aren't happy with the way they're represented in it and so it's it's complicated there too um so paris is burning is not the thing i want to talk about actually but we watched that as a film club and and then we were talking in film club about our 
uh, the first time we became aware of drag culture at all. And I hadn't really thought about this in years, but it suddenly brought to mind, oh my goodness, I watched, um, I used to watch stand-up comedy a lot in college, and I watched uh, Eddie Izzard. And um, mm-hmm. I think I think their pronouns are they now. I, I believe that's right. I'll, I'll double check that. Uh, but they often, um, uh, Eddie Izzard, like, you know, generally male presenting, but they would do stand-up and drag often. And it was the first time I'd really, like, I knew kind of what, you know, drag was, I didn't really understand it. I mean, it was, it was condemned in my, you know, upbringing, like the people that, um, you know, taught me about <laughs> the world. were not fans. I, I grew up really conservative. Um, but, um, seeing Eddie Izzard in drag and, and I kind of, for the first time understood, um, that, okay, the purpose of maybe dressing up this way is to kind of poke at gender stereotypes. I didn't have the language then for like, gender as a construct but i started to have just a little bit of understanding in that and i think that um that i'm looking back that was probably really influential as kind of a first step in like understanding that gender uh the gender binary is um you know man-made and all of that and and so much has, has come from that so that's not exactly an answer to your question but i think that is an early time that i kind of became really aware of gender just in general i think um I don't know, like I, I wasn't good at sports and, and like I was made fun of that. I was called like gay slurs because of that and, uh, you know, junior high and things. And I think from an early age, I was like, okay, well, what is a man supposed to be like, uh, you, you know, and I think still as a culture, we're even trying to say, okay, what's masculinity apart from toxic masculinity? And, uh, and so th- those are big questions. I don't have the answers to them, but I think from an early age, I, I kind of, um, knew that, you know, I wasn't the manliest man, you know, and, and what does it look like to be, what does it mean for me to be a man in, in, in you know, junior high or high school or, or uh, in America now? So I, I don't know, that's, that's a lot of things, but uh, does that sort of somewhat answer your question a little bit? Yes, that's beautiful. No, it's <laughs> nice to just hear you talk about your awareness of gender mm. in yourself and the way that it happened through media, because it, I think, yeah. Like you can miss out on like this movie is important because representation in the media is not like an arbitrary thing. It's not like, oh, well, we chose to pick this about the trans experience. It's like most of what we get about gender is us looking in a mirror of some kind, whether it's a silver mm-hmm. screen or on the TV or looking at other people like drag performers. Um, we get a lot of that information as it's reflected back to us because it's in many ways an external thing, even though it's obviously also internal. Um, I don't know where I'm going with that. No, yeah, but, no, that's but it's it's for it's for everybody. I mean, it's 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 for cis people and trans people, um, and everybody inside and outside of those umbrellas. Um, representation is how we form that awareness of what that is. Yes, absolutely, I, and I think um, I mean, just in a general sense, like gender and sexuality has been, and just kind of broader understandings of that has been a i don't know like (laughs) looking at my like spiritual growth over the last 10 years that's been a really big part of it uh it's just coming to better understandings of those things and um yeah kind of deconstructing the the things i you know knew about that or or believed about that growing up so anyway that's it's something that's really important to me um but that kind of transitions into our next question i I was going to ask was there anything that really shocked you or surprised you about this film and my answer was going to be a stat that's thrown out pretty early on uh, is that 80% of Americans don't personally know a trans person. Um, and whenever I really think about that, it's like, that's not that surprising, I guess, but it, uh, it was shocking to just hear that. Um, but I mean, like there's so many people that I, you know, knew growing up and from the communities I grew up in, I'm sure that's the case for them. And, and that was the case for me until, you know, I, what 10 years ago or something um i worked alongside some trans people and kind of started to learn you know a little bit of what that experience is and um anyway yes I, and i think it, it is that's been huge too like knowing trans people has been a big deal for me but but also you're right so because 80 percent of americans don't know a trans person we look at the media you're and that's what this documentary is saying and that's kind of what you're saying mm. is like the representation is is the place that we learn and so when you look at the the history of representation and there is so many bad examples that that you know it almost makes sense that um it sadly makes sense that the 
acceptance is not there uh, the way it needs to be. But yeah, was there anything about the the film that you found surprising? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think the statistics were were not as surprising to me as yeah. one would hope. Um, and that is definitely a thing that um, I weighed heavily on me right at the beginning of my realization. Mm-hmm. I, I, you would say transition, I guess, but like my social transition mm-hmm. um, was was a time where I kind of went through a lot of learning about that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that wasn't as surprising, but... I guess the the thing that's popping up, I don't know if it's surprising or not, but but I felt was the that CSI anecdote mm-hmm. where the actress was laying down acting dead yeah. and the director is talking all wrong and everyone's doing everything wrong and and she just decides to go with it because this isn't the moment, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. to to and I I felt that you know, I think that there were a couple of moments like that, um, stories where it was like um, very believable that that would happen. So maybe not shocking mm-hmm. in that way, but but always freshly surprising to know how something can go wrong in that yeah. way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, that's really interesting. And that there's there's several examples and they, they talk about how this is like a trope. Sadly, this is a trope of, you know most of the a lot of the trans people on tv are characters are sex workers and they get murdered and like that's just a thing that has become so common and it's um of course that colors the perception that people have of trans people so yeah yeah that's really interesting uh were there any other kind of favorite moments anything that just stuck out to you good or bad about the about the film it's weird i really don't remember (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that many specific moments in the film i'm wondering if there are any that you have that maybe i will also uh yeah like. absolutely uh, and and you know i took notes as i was going or it, it is it's such a it's it the way it's made it moves quickly and it's kind of breezy and it's i feel mm-hmm. like it, it hits you with a lot of different things so it, it is easy to somehow skirt over things but yeah i, I noted a few things i, I mean i like that that some of the interviewees disagree with each other and like the film will show kind of different viewpoints on the same thing uh like they talk about dw griffith and um one person talks about uh i'm trying to remember the name of the film i mean obviously dw griffith is such a <laughs> controversial figure anyway um but in one of uh i thought i wrote the name down oh judith of bethulia is the film uh and there's a basically a character who seems to be genderqueer or something it's not exactly clear a silent film um and then one person talks about how you know it's powerful that they're there and then the next person interviewed about the same film talks about how it's a problematic thing and um so you you get some different complex kind of um kind of viewpoints about things um mm. yeah in general i like i really like any time someone talks about like seeing trans people for the first time on screen and, and as we talked about kind of awakening something in them or, or making some sort of realization i thought that was fascinating to hear yes um and then uh, Jen Richards talks about, um, I don't know, just being able to see the good and the bad and things like she talks about. Uh, yeah, she can look back at some of these things that she watched growing up and see like, okay, yes, this is a problem for X, Y, and Z reason. But at the time, I was just happy to see a trans person on, on TV. And, and so like, yeah. there is, it, it's it's hard to say something is all good or all bad, you know? Right. And I think that trans people get to have that both mm-hmm. ways there's certain people who can enjoy things and there's certain people who maybe shouldn't <laughs> mm-hmm. wow. um, yeah. it, problematic things um yeah. and specifically in this way like if you see it if, if if i as a trans person see someone on screen that's not being depicted well i can still see the humanity in them because i recognize it in myself mm-hmm. in a way that i can say i wish that representation didn't exist and also i'm glad i saw it mm-hmm. another moment i i just I like again like kind of adding to the complexity of this conversation is uh there's a moment where laverne cox talks about they spent a lot of time talking about um nip tuck and some of the i mean really terrible things that that are in that show um laverne cox breaks down a scene and and why it's horrific uh but then talking about ryan murphy who made that show you know and and seeing the the ways he's changed his ways and um uh just like showing that there's room for growth in this uh, and and things are getting better in a lot of ways uh mm. so I thought mm. that was that was kind of cool to hear laverne cox sort of like give her blessing in a way to say yeah he did this terrible thing but you know people can change and and understandings can can change yeah yeah that's really nice i mean i, I um 
am wanting to say something about like a progressive or what is it a narrative of um progression i guess like this idea that like things will get better is like Mm -hmm. not exactly it like Mm -hmm. if we if we apply pressure and if we're consistent about our demands like we can see things change as long as we keep our eye on them Mm -hmm. (laughs) is kind of how i feel about it and it's always great when a person changes changes face and is able to do something better than than they had done it before but um i think that conversations like what we're having now and like this movie are necessary for that sort of change to continue. Um, it's not. It's not a given that yeah. um, representation will just get better over time. Yeah, absolutely. Which I think they might have made that point in the movie too. Yeah, I think they did. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 a constant struggle, and I think Jen Richards says something about like, um, like the more representation, it's all it's like this weird and cyclical like it gets better and it gets worse kind of thing because uh more representation can embolden people more but the bolder people are the more they're going to get shut down and so like it becomes more dangerous in a way the bolder you are but we have to be bold to to make the changes and so it's just a it's not an easy fight i guess is the point there but i thought that was an interesting way she put that yeah i love that i love that i feel that struggle personally like the thing of like am I, today every day am i going to be visible am i going to mm. fight that fight with myself am i going to be bold and am mm. i going to am i going to face their consequences what will the consequences be today um it's a daily struggle uh mm. for people whose visibility is dangerous um so it's nice to have it highlighted in that way too mm. wow yeah um oh another uh story that i thought was really powerful in it is um Sandra Caldwell's story who I've seen her in things and I, I just never knew that she was trans and she's a kind of older woman of color and um, she's interviewed a few like you see her a few times before we get her full story but you know the, the word stealth is uh, a word that was actually new to me before I saw this film the first time oh, wow. uh, like you know living uh, you know I guess passing for uh, and high, I don't know if I'm saying the right word but basically like keeping your um, gender identity a secret uh for for your own safety um but you know she grew up a long time ago she's like she's in her in her later years now and didn't come out until the last i don't know five or ten years uh, and was on screen for for decades you know and it's so interesting to hear her her story and uh the way she uh like she never imagined she would be able to be public about about her gender identity and um yeah it's just really powerful to hear hear that from her wow yeah uh, and then I have a long list here. Sorry. And then that's great. No, I love, I'm loving it. Two other um, Jen Richards moments that that she talks about different things. One is she she really explains the the problem well of um, why is it a problem for cis men to play trans trans women on film? Oof. And uh, because it's it's a complicated thing, but um, and I'm not going to explain it half as well as she does. So watch the movie, but uh, yeah. basically she like this is direct, leading directly to, to violence against trans women because um, when we see, uh, you know, a, a man dresses a woman on film and then we see them on the award show or on TV and they're a man that leads to the, the, the idea that trans women are just men in disguise. Uh, but when we see like Laverne Cox on screen and then we see her, on you know a new show being her fabulous self like she is um incredibly feminine and all that it it, it deflates that idea that uh, trans women are really men and, and uh, basically the other is adding to it and so we can have like a, a beautiful uh performance from eddie redmayne in the danish girl but it's adding to the idea that uh that trans women aren't really women and that and that that's what leads to violence so i, I thought that was a, a really she she breaks it down really simply and, and easily yeah i think you did a very good job just then <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. that was really good yeah and she does a great job she also this is i okay i apologize for saying this but also this is kind of cool um she has seen cautious birth she has uh, what yes she might not remember it but she was at a film <laughs> festival and her short film showed next to or a short film that she was in showed next to mine and uh, I met her afterwards very briefly, and she said wow. like something along the lines of like "good job," oh, that's so cool. <laughs> and uh, it, it was really beautiful. Uh, and I'm glad that it happened, and I love her very much. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, I, I don't know all that much about her her career, but she seems really incredible. Yeah, as I mentioned, I saw her in um, Mrs. Fletcher, the HBO show, which I really mm. like, and uh, and she's um, like a side character and 
she's trans and that and that comes up very briefly but it's just kind of nice to have that in the background about a person like she just gets to be a character and interact with people and um there's something powerful about that too that it's like it doesn't have to be like a big dramatic trans story for to have a trans person in it you know yeah yeah i that brought to mind um euphoria that does that a little bit um i haven't seen the whole series it was very intense for me (laughs) um (laughs) but uh but the jules character is trans and you don't get told it specifically right away and it's just part of who she is and and like part of her experience it's not erased but it's also um not the defining Mm. uh trait of her character Mm. um interesting Jen Richardson is now doing work on a show, I believe called Clarice, um, that is like deconstructing, reconstructing the legacy of the Buffalo Bill character in uh, Sons of the Lambs. I heard Um, of that show. I didn't know anything about it. That's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm not sure exactly what her role is, but I know that she's doing great work and I am uh, happy that she's doing what she's doing. That's great. Yeah. Well, and that goes into my the last thing that I had on my list here of like my favorite moments is also her. And she talks about, uh, so she appears in a documentary, I am Kate, which is about Caitlyn Jenner. And, mm. and they even say, okay, complicated figure, but uh, this film, right. this film isn't really even about Caitlyn Jenner as much as it's just about kind of trans issues. And I haven't seen it, but they show some clips from it, but she talks about, uh, there's like a scene with, uh, it's like a support group almost and there's several people and like trans people and their loved ones and they have some parents there uh, and there's a basically a father who is just like incredibly supportive of his young daughter I don't even know how young but I think like like very very young age realized that um, they were trans and, and this father's just so like like I'm parenting a unicorn like this is the most special thing and um, it's just so affirming and and kind of full of love and Jen Richards in in the interview talking about it, like really breaks down was like that father saw his child in a way that my parents couldn't see me, that I couldn't see me. And and then like how huge that could have been. And, and like, it was almost, as she puts it again, so much more beautifully, but talking about um, like accepting that there are people in, in her life that are not going to be affirming of her. Uh, and her gender identity, but hearing this father be so um, passionate, it was like really incredibly difficult for her because, um, you know, if this if this father can can feel this way, why can't the people in my life? And and how emotional of a moment that was for her. Uh, yeah, so that that was a probably the most powerful moment in the film for me is is hearing her talk about that. Yeah, that's beautiful. I actually saw that in a TikTok on her TikTok uh, mm-hmm. the other day. She just clipped that that clip um and put on on our tiktok and yeah it's uh it's very powerful it's it's amazing to me how casually and wonderfully she can just bear her soul and her Mm -hmm. life and just and she knows that that's what she's doing Mm -hmm. you know like not a lot of you don't get a lot of people like that like that's a very special person to be able to be able to do that to want to do that to have the strength to um do that and then just continue with the interview like nothing's happened <laughs> yes yeah absolutely it's it's incredibly powerful and uh, yeah I, I definitely recommend watching this just to see you know trans people talking about being trans i think it's, it's a really powerful thing so yes well do you have any final thoughts evelyn about this film before we kind of wrap up i'm glad i got to see it again i'm glad i got to talk about it with you um well thanks yeah and i would i would um recommend that people see it Yes, easy to get to. It's right on Netflix. Uh, I think it's like an hour and a half, so it's not a, a, a long watch either. It's you can you can do it. <laughs> you can do it. Uh, so I highly encourage people to do that. Um, oh, really quick before we wrap up, you said something on the phone the other day about social media. Did you want to bring that up at all? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I was thinking about how when you asked about what's the media that has influenced me as a trans person or has has led me into more insight into myself or into trans mm-hmm. issues. Um, and I thought of social media immediately because there's, um, more young trans creators there than in traditional media. Um, and they're just sharing their lives. Like again, doing the brave, heroic, um, beautiful work of just being honest Mm -hmm. and, um, 
sharing on TikTok and on Instagram. And and it's not even people that are far away necessarily. Like there are people that I know personally whose social medias inspire me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like people that I've, that I've met multiple times that just happen to be um, sharing of themselves in a way that is um, unique and um, wonderful. So yeah, I guess I'm hopeful and um, optimistic about the effect that that can have on the population who, like you said, most people don't personally know a trans person, but a person can have a million followers on Instagram and be posting rad stuff all the time. Yeah. That's absolutely true for me as well. Is is like I feel like I've learned so much directly from people talking about themselves on on TikTok and on Instagram. You, you can almost learn more, you know, in three minutes on TikTok than you can in you know all of cinema history that this movie looks at. You know, <laughs> Hollywood's had these gatekeepers forever, and they control mm. what is on screen. And social media completely breaks that down in a, in a beautiful way. Um, so yeah, I think that's a great a great note, and and maybe a good place to to end on is um i mean as with anything go to the people listen to the people who are you know have the experience that's why this documentary i think is really strong it has trans people talking about their experiences that's why i didn't want to be alone talking about this movie (laughs) have someone who you know has that something like these experiences that can can weigh in on it so yes uh listen to the people in when it comes to any kind of marginalized group listen to the people in that group first i think absolutely Well, that is Disclosure. Thank you so much, Evelyn, for joining me for this. I think it was a really great conversation, and I I can't wait for people to hear it. Thank you. Have fun. Huge thanks to Evelyn Landau for coming on the show for this. I really, really love that conversation, and I'm so, so thankful to her for coming on the show and sharing all of that. I will link to Evelyn's short film, Cautious Birth, in the show notes. Please take seven minutes and check that out. Well, on the next episode, we'll return to our previously scheduled marathon looking at films made in Technicolor. Rance Collins will be back to finish that marathon up with a look at the 1948 film, The Red Shoes. And that does it for this episode of Art House Garage. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, We've got a few years worth of episodes now. You can hear all of those in your podcast app of choice. Our theme music is by composer Paul Hunefeld. Learn more at www.appallingproductions.com. If you want to support Art House Garage, leave a rating or review in your podcast app, or you can buy an Art House Garage t-shirt at arthousegarage.com shop. Stay in the loop about Art House Garage and the films we're covering by subscribing to our email newsletter by going to arthousegarage.com subscribe, or you can email me directly, andrew, at arthousegarage.com. And of course, follow on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd. Just search at Arthouse Garage in all those places or find links in the show notes. And that will do it for this episode. Thank you again so much for listening. And until next time, keep it snob free.